Our gospel today comes from the Gospel of John. It's the 15th chapter. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're talking about practicing our faith. I see you've shown up for practice today. I'm really glad to see that. But you know it is all in good fun because we know that uh, in God's family, it's all about God. So no matter how hard or how good our practice is, it's about how much God loves us. But we're glad to be together as a faith community. So our series, Practicing Our Faith, we're intentionally looking at these baptismal promises that have been made. I want to be clear, though, that we agree and understand that in baptism, it's fully God's action. God has done the saving work through Jesus Christ. There's an and, though. And because of that, we make promises to try to live a certain way, knowing that we'll probably fail. But we keep trying, and God keeps saving us. So, again, as God's children, we promise to live in a certain way. There is a bookmark in your bulletin. I want you to take that out for a moment, if you will. It says practicing our faith. And you'll see that there are five bullet points there. Those are the five promises that we make in baptism. It was perfect last night, Saturday night worship. We had two baptisms, so it was fresh in everyone's mind, these words that we say all the time. They were said at your baptism, my baptism, and everyone that we experience now. So today we're going to talk about the very first promise to live among God's faithful people. We're talking about community, right? So my first question to you today is, where do we find God's faithful people? I'm looking, and where do I find them? Well, of course, we find them here, right? But God's people are not confined to the church walls. We are God's people at work and at school, in our families, in all the places that our lives take us. But before any title that we can put on ourselves, whatever that might be, painter or cook or 
police officer, custodian, computer person, whatever, farmer, whatever our identity or name tag is that we wear, the first one that we wear is child of God. It's a name tag that we never take off. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked by the cross of Christ forever. So it is our name first and foremost as child of God. Now God has created us to be people that desire relationship, right? Deep in our DNA, we are drawn to each other. We are. And it makes perfect sense when we think about how we are created in God's image, God lives in relationship in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the triune God, in this mystery of three and one that we don't really understand, but it does give us an example of how relationship uh, and how relational that God is and wants us to be too. So like a big family tree, we're all connected somehow because Jesus says I'm the vine and you are the branches and as we grow in the community it gets bigger and bigger because of Jesus now I'm not sure all the different kinds of community that you belong to (laughs) maybe it's a group of friends who gathers for coffee maybe at McDonald's or something like that or maybe it's moms of preschoolers That's a really important one, I know. Maybe you're a steel dart thrower, quilters, hunters. Or maybe it's more of a support kind of group, a group that has walked through a crisis with you, like maybe AA or a cancer support group. Or maybe it's something like NAMI that has helped you walk through mental illness together. There are so many communities that we walk in and out of in our lives in, within this community as well. And they're all so good that I couldn't name them all, but they're all really important parts. But what constitutes a community? What makes a community? What pulls us in? What, why do we keep coming back? What does it take for it to grow? You already saw my slides, I already gave my secret away, but I'm going to show something that's probably going to date me, and I hope a few of you remember it, because when I was talking about it with some others, they had no idea what I was even talking about, but I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. A few years back, there was a TV show that was called Cheers. Anybody remember that? All right, yes, it's a win. You know, it was the cornered bar where everybody gathered and you knew everyone and people knew your name, right? And they shared their problems and they talked to each other and they were in community. And I thought about singing you the song, but I'm not going to. But I want you to hear a couple of the words of the lyrics because they're so good. It says, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries it sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad that you came. And you want to be where you can see that the troubles 
are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Isn't that good? I hadn't really slowed down enough to really look at the words before, but I think that has a lot of parallels to what we do here, right? Where everybody knows our name, where troubles are all the same. What it is to be human being, a place to take a break from all that noise and chaos that's going on. Community is about connecting with other people, sharing a common story, whether that might be joy or it might be grief. We are stronger together. And I keep thinking about, compared to all the other communities that we're a part of, what is compelling here in this community? About a year ago, the pastoral care team and I attended a a conference in Sioux Falls, and it was called The Loneliness Epidemic. The Loneliness Epidemic. Did you know that being socially isolated can actually cause health illness and health issues? Research has been linked to social isolation and loneliness to higher risks for a variety of physical and mental conditions. It can make you sick if you are socially isolated. On the flip side, those folks who are engaged with other, other people that have meaningful relationships and productive activities, they tend to live longer. It's healthy. It's healthy for you to be connecting with other people. We are meant to live in community. God created us that way. But again, what does this have to do with practicing our faith, with living among God's faithful people. What is compelling about being a part of the body of Christ? Well, here's another question I want you to think about. Am I able to practice my faith all by myself? Is it possible to really be a Christian on my own? That's a question for you. We know that we are to love God, and we are also to love our neighbor. And Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, where two or three are gathered, there I am. We certainly can have spiritual experiences on our own, yes. Maybe out in nature, listening to music or art or on a hike or run maybe. But are we able to practice our faith? Practice is an action word. Are we able to do that on our own? Is that how God intended it to be? Now, to live among God's faithful people, I am struck by this word, live. Live. It's an important word in the Gospel of John where Jesus continues to talk about abundant life, to live abundantly. We are very influenced by the people that we live with, right? Starting with our families 
the people we associate with, that we work with, and in the communities that we're in, they have the most influence over who we are. There is a vibrant life cycle in the church that we all share. It starts at the baptismal font through baptism and confirmation, new beginnings of birth, and then in marriage, in funerals, the life cycle continues. In confession and forgiveness and in the Lord's Supper, we stand side by side with each other through these milestones, the joys and the sorrows of life, living together. We show up to be forgiven, to be loved and to be fed and to be sent back out of these walls. This is a community of sinners. That's pretty compelling. Anybody not a sinner? Nah. We are a community of sinners. Is there anywhere else where you can come together in your shame, your guilt, or your regret? A place where you don't have to pretend who you are, where you don't have to have it all figured out, and you don't have to have this perfect life, because none of us do. A place where you are welcome, and you are loved. And you are a child of God. We live among God's people to know that we are clothed in Christ. The same in our pain, in our joy, and in our sin. The things we feel like we can't share with anyone else, God is with us, knee deep in it. We are free and strengthened by Christ and therefore strengthening the community building the community, growing the branches, living in community. We are able to hear again the stories of the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and remember the great love that God has for us. And it compels us to witness in our own lives, here and outside these walls, to reach out a hand to someone and say, hey, I know it's hard. I'll sit with you. Living among God's faithful people allows us to witness people confronting real-life situations, you and me and all of the things that we go through in this life. We learn by watching others live out their baptism. Over the last few years, I have had the honor to lead and help with various grief support groups here at Bethlehem. And the thing is, the curriculum, the study part of these groups, although they're really good, but time and time again, what I hear is the community that was created. That's what helped people through their grief journey to be with others who were experiencing similar feelings. That's what helped them to regain hope. Hope. Hope is the compelling reason that we gather in the name of Christ. 
the body of Christ reminds us, reminds us of the hope of Easter, right? Of the new life and the resurrection, God's promise of life. When we stand together at the grave of a loved one, when we push back the powers of darkness and light and the candles of Christmas, when we feed the hungry and clothe the naked, as well as when we kneel in confession and rise up again through God's amazing grace. That sounds pretty compelling. I'm not sure the corner bar can offer that. Faith can seem like an incredibly lonely journey sometimes. But when we gather as God's faithful people, as we are today, it reminds us that we have all of these people. I mean, look around. All of these people who are with us, and we are not alone. And you get to see God shining through them, each and every one of you. To live among God's faithful people is a gift extended to us by God through our baptism. And friends, if for whatever reason you haven't gotten around to being baptized, or you have a friend or a family member that hasn't, please know we would love to talk to you and celebrate baptism with you. Please give the church a call or stop and ask a staff person. It would be a pure delight to do that. Each of us are an essential part of this body of Christ. You are an essential part of the body of Christ, God's faithful people. When you aren't here, you are missed. Our new bishop, Constanza Hugmeyer, has kind of developed this tagline that she said each time she's spoken recently. She says, show up. She has promised to show up and encourages all of us to show up as well. And you know what? Maybe sometimes we just don't feel like showing up. I get that. I'm not just talking about church. I'm not just talking about worship. I mean for each other or a support group or lending a helping hand or making a phone call to someone. Witnessing to God's love out in the world I had a doctor's appointment recently, and as I was in the waiting room, there was this young mom there with two little boys, two and three. And man, they were full of energy. They were all over the place. They were loud. They were full of joy, making lots of joyful noise. And then an, an older woman came in and sat down and started engaging with one of the boys. And then um, I went over and moved next to her, and I said, you know what? You're doing a great job. And she smiled from ear to ear. We all need that encouragement. And that is the light of Christ passing on. But maybe we don't always feel like it. But you are missed when you're not here. You're missed when you don't show up. When you don't show up, someone else who needed you was alone. They needed your smile. They needed your words. They needed your handshake. It was missed by that one person who really needed it that day. 
And when you don't show up, you aren't able to receive the gift that the community offers you when you're the one who needs to feel the light. So show up. Show up. So friends, it is practice time. It is practice time. We're going to get out there and practice. Come to practice. Be at practice. Be part of and help build the community of faith. Spreading Christ's love and grace and living among God's faithful people. A place where everyone knows your name. And it is child of God. A people that are always glad that you came. And a God that welcomes you, forgives you, and loves you. Thanks be to God. Amen.